We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, now Rich is into it. He hears this music. <laughs> Jed Cameron, John Rich. I'll tell you, we're really into it because the Eagles are about to play in the Super Bowl. And uh, certainly uh, it's a great era right now of Eagles football. You know, Eagles have had uh, various uh, twists and turns through the years and a couple of really great eras. And one was the era when, uh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie with the owner with Joe Banner as the president and Andy Reid as the head coach. And our next guest, Joe Banner, will be the first time he's ever on our show. Of course, very famously, along with Jeffrey Lurie, hired uh, Andy Reid all those years ago. And the Eagles get ready to face Andy in the Super Bowl. Joe Cameron, John Ritchie, and we welcome to the show uh, the longtime Eagles president for about uh, 15 years running the Eagles, Mr. Joe Banner. How you doing, Joe? Good. Good to be out with you guys. How you doing? You too, Joe. Great. Joe, did you ever think when you signed Richie in 2003, be a WIP talk show host? I mean, what the heck? <laughs> no, that would have gotten him a <laughs> negative marks before he even started. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Ratings have, have, have plummeted, Joe. All right, Joe, let's get to it because it's a fascinating matchup, Eagles-Chiefs, and the twists and turns you know, leading both organizations here. You hired um, Andy Reid. Let's go back to that point. When did you get a sense, wow, this candidate might be the guy and he might be a really, really good coach? What impressed you about Andy Reid at that time? Well, there's two stages of that. One was in the interview where we had uh, kind of made the decision to look for kind of certain character correct character characteristics as opposed to, you know, who's led the league as an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, which was even opened the door to Andre. He was working for a team that was looking for a head coach. They didn't even interview him. So we were looking for just an incredibly strong leader, just like everybody else. A little bit differently, we were looking for things like, you know, how good were they evaluating other coaches? How good were they at managing coaches? Uh, you know, I'm sure John could tell you, like, coaches that are very diligent about attention to detail and, mm. you know, kind of obsessed with every every little detail tend to be successful, even though it drives some of the players crazy. So we were looking for those sets of qualities. And it was kind of amazing how Andy jumped out you know, in those areas. I mean, the famous story about the book that he brought in, he had graded every coach, you know, one through 10 in his mind at every position uh, in the country. That included, you know, he had high school coaches on his, you know, top 10, you know, whatever list. Um, he had every coach when we needed to go hire an offensive line coach, for example, he had literally had one through 10 written up with scattering reports, just like it was a draft book. Wow. Uh, so the things that we were looking for around, you know, ability to hire a good staff, attention to detail. We didn't really care that his philosophy of playing football matched ours. We cared that he had a very strong conviction about what he wanted to do and how he wanted to do it. Hmm. Because we didn't think you could be an effective leader if you weren't really clear on where you were trying to lead people. So we thought it was more important that he had a really strong conviction than he had our strong conviction. So hmm. those were kind of the headlines. And it was very, very early at his arrival. It was clear to us that we did have a guy that was just it never crossed Andy's mind there was a chance he wasn't going to be really successful. 
And you could just tell it being around him. He wasn't like kind of figuring out an explanation just in case. He always just assumed, well, this may go right, this may go wrong, but overall we're getting enough right that we're going to be really successful. And you could feel that whether you were in the front office, whether you were a player. He just was as confident and as you know, unworried about anything other than success as you could get. So we kind of had both the interview part and then the once he got there part, and they were both, frankly, he won us over very quickly in both categories. Joe, how much has Andy improved as a head coach while in Kansas City? You know, I mean, absolutely has improved. Now, I he left Philly, in my view, you know, probably with a higher view than the public had of him, um, and probably even an inaccurate view. It's true that Andy is somebody who's on top of everything. But because of that, because he's so detail-oriented, some people thought of him as somebody who was, you know, almost dictatorial. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't fair in Philly. He's a very, very collaborative guy, very interested in what other people think. There were plenty of times he would defer, you know, when he wasn't that sure. I think things like that, you know, he's gotten even better in Kansas City. I mean, he's he's open-minded. You can see he's changed what he does in some areas. He's believed in what he does and stuck with it in other areas. Um, obviously, you know, having the benefit of a Mahomes, you know, helps make him a better coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I say but he, but he picked him, Joe, you know. I mean, he, he's, he gets big credit for that. He selected him and brought him along. Yeah. I mean, that's – a major feather in his cap as a pro football coach. Yeah, and you know, most of the league wasn't there. And, uh, you know, him and Brett Beach was also somebody who came through Philly with a lot of respect for. I, you know, he was an afterthought for many, and frankly the pick at the time was thought of as way too high for a lot of people. Um, and then he turned him into, you know, but by the time he's done, who knows how many records he's going to hold, but it's going to be a lot if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, Joe, uh, how much has Howie Roseman grown since he was working under you? Yeah, I mean, again, both for me, he he didn't uh, deserve all the heat that he took, although he obviously made some mistakes like we all do. Um, But I do think he has gotten, you know, also more collaborative. Um, I think he's taken what we believed in in terms of, you know, things like prioritizing the lines and Mm -hmm. taking it even a stronger degree. I think he's even put more emphasis on character than we did when he looks for players, which I think is a positive, even though we were fairly narrow in, you know, the criteria we used to, to bring people in. Um, I think he's got more people around him that he trusts than he did originally, which makes all of us better. Um, you know, he used that time off as well as anybody ever could in terms yeah. of uh, thinking about himself, you know, learning from people that have been really successful, subtleties of success. Um, but again, I always thought he did a good job, even with the mistakes that get, you know, pointed out, uh, you know, on balance, I think he got more right than wrong. I think he stuck with good philosophies. Um, you know, I worked him every single day while he was watching tapes. So I knew that he was a good evaluator and questions about this kind of non-football guy. What could he know or just, you know, unfair. You say you worked him every day while he was watching tape. How did, how does that process work? So when, you know, famous story that Howie literally started at the end of my assistant's desk, which is really a small, almost like desk you'd see in a, you know, fourth grade class at a grammar school. Um, And he literally sat, you know, on the edge of that desk. So at least had a place to put down a piece of paper he could write on. And, you know, first uh, wanted to learn the cap, which is what we needed and primarily hired him for, um, but also had the aspirations to be a general manager. 
uh, reasonably quickly with people like myself, but definitely not just myself, including other personnel people and coaches. He would literally come in kind of late in the day, hopefully after you were kind of done with it, you needed to, and you know, ask if you were free, if he could watch tape with you. Watching plenty on his own as well. Um, but he got a taste from a lot of different people about what they looked for, what they cared for, you know, how they watched the tape, how they wrote up reports. And, you know, after a while, he was, in my mind, as knowledgeable as any of these areas as any of the so-called football guys, mm-hmm. uh, even though it wasn't always showing up or people weren't, you know, wasn't running or bragging about it. And he was just getting it done. Um, but it's easy. Listen, the best guys in the league get around 50% of the time. So, you know, there's always areas in which people can do better, and there's always areas where there's valid criticism. Um, but I think he deserved more credit than he got until later in, in his career. Is Mainly he? Because yeah. Finally get some due. I'll say. He really uh, is. Is he the executive of the year? You know, I don't know who else you, you, gives him a run. You could say maybe Jacksonville. I can't say the Giants because they really didn't make a lot of moves. They're really using the first year to reset for the future. You know, as you look at all the other teams that are still playing, you know, it's hard to give it to a team that's really good that you expect it to be really good, like the Chiefs, although I think each, in conjunction with Andy, have done a spectacular, you know, job there. But we didn't see a team other than the Eagles that made a ton of moves in the offseason. And frankly, I would say a couple over the last couple of years, sometimes it annoys me that people win the award who just kind of went all in for one year. I can almost predict they're not going to be as good next year. I mean, Howie's built something here that's very sustainable. So I think he deserves that award, and I'm not even really sure who is legitimate competition to him for it. Yeah. How much do you keep in touch with Howie? You know, we text back and forth pretty regularly. We talk much less frequently. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not the same when we're together every day, but we've maintained a relationship and, you know, talk to each other, and sometimes it's football, sometimes it's not. Um, so I'm pretty regularly still in touch with him. Joe Banner with us here on WIP. Joe, the uh, you know you negotiated so many contracts uh, over so many years, and the Eagles have a big one coming up with Jalen Hurts. How complicated do you think it gets with his style that he runs and he gets hit, and there's not a ton of evidence of how long a quarterback like that will last? Cam Newton, by the way, hit about the age of 30 and was basically done. I don't think that's going to happen to Hurts, but how complicated is this negotiation given Hurts' style? Well, I don't think that style matters, really, even though it may end up mattering. I mean, he's proven that he needs to be paid like the other top quarterbacks in the league. He needs a structure of contract that, you know, is like the other guys in the league. Uh, frankly, if he's smart, he'll be very focused on the length of the deal because that will affect his career earnings way more than the actual average of this particular deal. And you just got to take the chance and hope that the injury bug either stays away completely or is minor enough that it doesn't really affect um, you know, what could be the trajectory of his career. But, you know, he's eligible. He's proven he deserves to be played with these other guys. I mean, look at his record yeah. as a starter over the last two years. I mean, the second year, and in a, somebody told me at the youngest age ever taking a team to a Super Bowl. I mean, can there be any question that, you know, he should leave Kyle Murray in the dust? No question. Yeah. It's a no-brainer to me. That doesn't mean it doesn't have some risk and some scary times. You wake up in the middle of the night wondering what you did. Um, but I actually wrote an article about this uh, just today, and I, I called it a good problem. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. right. Well, How much you have to pay a good quarterback. That's a good problem. You know, Joe, so Richie and I have talked a lot about this, and I'm sure we will more in the offseason. When he does get paid, though, it will complicate being able to 
not keep all the players you'd want to keep. How big of an issue is that? I mean, how difficult will it be for the Eagles to have this type of roster again once Hertz is making 40, 45, 50 million a year? Yeah, I mean, the answer is they won't have this kind of roster again. Um, probably about seven or eight years ago, the cap started going up fast enough that it became possible to win with a team that was mostly free agents as opposed to had to be draft picks where you re-signed your own. The Eagles were one of the first teams in the league to realize this was an opportunity. Well, a lot of the teams have been, and some of them still are in the mode of draft your plays and just re-sign your own, which, by the way, is and should be the foundation of your team. But the Eagles realized as the cap was going up that quick that they could also be much more aggressive in free agency, and frankly, that's part of how they won the last Super Bowl. And they've continued to do that. They're trying to accumulate multiple draft picks. They're trying to hit as many draft picks as they can. But they've continued to be more aggressive than most in free agents because they've correctly anticipated mm-hmm. that the cap going up as fast as it did meant that you could stra- change your strategy on how to build a team and actually have a head start on bunch of the teams in the league. When you ask about Howie, this is one of the things I think he deserves a lot of credit for. Um, there are a lot of teams still playing their offseason team building as if the cap was going up slowly like it used to. And it should completely change how you approach team building. And it only has affected a, a really small number of teams in that way. And the Eagles are one of them. And it's one of the reasons they won the last Super Bowl. It's one of the reasons they're playing in this Super Bowl. It's not something fans talk about a lot because they look at, like, you know, did you hit on the first-round draft pick? But anticipating that change has had a lot to do with how successful they've been in the last five years, even though I know they had a high and then a dip and then hopefully another high that will sustain itself. But a lot of it was built on this recognition that the escalation and acceleration of that escalation of the cap changed one of the ways you could build a championship team and sustain it. Joe, we've come to expect with NFL quarterback contracts that the next guy who gets the big deal gets the biggest deal. Do you expect that Jalen Hurts will be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL when he gets this deal? So I think that the only exception that is going to be Burrow. Again, this is assuming his uh, agent does a good job. I mean, there's absolutely mm-hmm. no reason. As you say, the, the salaries, if you look at by position, are not in the order of who's the best to worst. Mm-hmm. If you're in the kind of top group and you do a deal, you will be, you should beat everybody else in that yes. next group. And frankly, the next guy should beat you, even if he's not quite as good. Yeah. So the only exception that to me is I think Burrow has a chance to take, you know, the most recent deals where Wilson and Rogers are about $15 million per year. You know, I think that that's the ballpark that Hurts should be in. Now, if Burrows goes first and gets, let's say, $55 million, then that moves Hurts up a little bit. But in that example, I don't think he becomes the highest-paid quarterback. If he gets his deal done before Burrow, I think he will be the highest quarterback in the, paid in the country at the time he signs his deal. Wow. Joe, this Super Bowl, um, Eagles, Chiefs, and Joe Banner with us right now. This Super Bowl, what's your gut feeling? Who wins it? Well, you know, I keep going back and forth. I really think the answer to this is how the Chiefs decide to play defense. They usually play with four down linemen, a couple of linebackers. They're in nickel quite a bit. And that's the defense that Hurts has the most success against. So if they play the defense they normally do, which is what most teams do, then Hurts has a chance to have a really big day, and the Eagles will score points in the 30s, and they'll probably win the game. If, on the other hand, they cross them up, which is what the 49ers did in the first half of the game last week, you know, if it wasn't for a pass that was technically dropped that they didn't throw the flag on, the Eagles may have been shut out in the first half of that game. 
And that was a different defense where they lined up five or six guys on the line. Now, they didn't always bring five or six guys, but it left five or six guys in the line to stop the run, and then it left the quarterback unsure as to which guys were rushing when the snap actually happened. He has had a harder time against that defense. So, John, you could attest coaches like to do what got them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that's the right answer, and sometimes it's not. It's not just a rule. If Kansas City just does what they usually do in defense, I think Hurts and the Eagles offense has a very big day. Great. On the other hand, if they copy what San Francisco did in the first half of this last game, uh, which makes the line much more congested, running much harder, and deciphering what the defense is going to do much harder, uh, I think the Eagles still do okay offensively. I don't think you can shut this offense down. But Kansas City also has a very good offense. And in that scenario, there's a chance that Kansas City could outscore them. So I'm not going to give an answer. I keep going back and forth on both. <laughs> you know, obviously I have a close relationship with Andy. I have a relationship with the Eagles and, and Howie. You know, I've been rooting for both of them for years, and it hasn't created any problems until now. Who would have thought, so, Joe? Who would have thought, man? Andy Reid against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's just – I, I I could have never – I mean, eventually we saw that it could happen, but 10 years ago, in a million years, I would not have thought this would happen. It's incredible. Well, I'll give you, a, I'll give, we'll give you one prediction because it is kind of amazing when you think back about it. This won't be the only time that they play each other in the Super Bowl. Wow. You could be you could be dead on right. Yeah, you could be. My pre- hey, Joe, I'll give you that one prediction game, a lot. That yeah, that's got that's got juice. That's juicy. Hey, Joe, uh, let me say something I've said before on the air, and I'll say it directly to you while we're talking to you. I do hope, because I think you deserve it. I hope the Eagles put you in the team Hall of Fame. I, I just want you to know, I thought your contributions were were vast in many ways, along with Jeffrey and Andy, sort of laying the foundation for for what the birds are. And I will just say again, I, I think the team should honor you, and I want you to know that. I very much appreciate you saying that. And I'm I'm very happy with my career and time in Philadelphia, and I love having that job, and I loved it more in Philadelphia. People, you're living at this moment. People ask about you know the intensity of the fans, which sometimes is directed negatively. It's so worth the moment you're in, hmm. the joy of the excitement of the city and the passion. It, it's just indescribable, and it makes the experience so massively better. So. You know, I feel just very lucky that I got to have a chance that I did and did it in the city that I did. And, you know, I appreciate that if you feel we laid that foundation, I really appreciate you saying that greatly. Absolutely. Joe, enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, your, your your phone's going to be blowing up, texting both ways. So uh, enjoy it all, Joe. We'll talk <laughs> to you. Thanks so so much for being part of the show today. We appreciate it. Appreciate it. Be well, you guys. All right, yeah, nice. Joe. Uh, former uh, Eagles president Joe Banner. I mean, he ran the show for a long time, and it was the three of them. It was Jeffrey, it was Joe, and it was Andy. And they worked together, and they got a lot done. They didn't win the Super Bowl together, but they got an awful lot done. All right, Joe Cameron, John Ritchie, let's go to the phones right now. Let's talk to Mike in South Jersey. Mike, you're on WIP. What's up, guys? How you doing? Great, Mike. Good. Hey, uh, I just wanted to call and just say, like, one thing I was wrong about Yep. Um, was Nick Sirianni. Um. You know, he, like, after that first press conference, he sat there and you were, like, scratching your head as to, like, <laughs> how Jeffrey and Howie, like, how did we come up with this? Yeah, it was um, like, uh, you'd, you'd think they'd want to hire a guy that can, you know, like, speak in a coherent sentence. Yeah, yeah, and to just see, like, how far, you know, he has transformed, you know, just from, like, a media perspective. And, yeah. when, like, obviously, like, coaching on the field kind of, has spoken for itself. It, it, it's pretty remarkable that like they identified something 
you know, in him that, you know, was able to be transformed into, you know, where we are today. Um, it's, it's just pretty remarkable. And it's, it kind of hit me over the weekend where like, you know, he's out there outclassing Kyle Shanahan. It was pretty, it was pretty incredible. I agree with you. I think he's a heck of a coach, Mike, and he'll never be the best wordsmith. He still kind of steps on himself when he says certain sentences, but he knows scheme and he knows how to be a leader. Yep. And, you know, that's – I mean, listen, Charlie Manuel is the same way. It still kind of comes out a little, you know, funky sometimes. But if you know your sport and you know how to lead people, that's what matters. All right, Mike, give me a big answer, man. Give me a great uh, television character since 2010. We're looking for the best one. Did anybody say Walter White? It uh, has been said. Give me someone else. Okay. Um, hmm. How about – I mean, I have to pivot here. How about – uh? Rust Cole from True Detective. All right, you got it, Mike. Appreciate the phone call right there. All right, coming up, Rodney McLeod joins us. McLeod, who, of course, won a Super Bowl with the Birds five years ago in studio for the next hour and a half, plus Jaws at 1245 on a busy day. Devin with us as well, Joe Cameron, John Ritchie on WIP. Hey, buckle up and prepare to experience the ride. The 2023 Philadelphia Auto Show is back. It's a great event every year. And now until February 5th, at the Pennsylvania Convention Center, filled with the latest and the greatest, new models, classics, and exotics, over 30 indoor vehicles in motion at Camp Jeep, and for the first time ever, the Ram Track. An indoor off-road experience. New vehicles, customs, classics, experiences. Experience all the rides. Visit phillyautoshow.com. That's phillyautoshow.com for all the details and for tickets. Get yourself there. It's a great time. Proudly sponsored by NGM Insurance Group. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.